of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Welcome to our first show of 2015. It's a brand new year, and what better time to talk about making plans. You might call it making resolutions, to start doing something or stop doing something. You might call it goal setting. I just prefer to call it making plans, because a goal without a plan isn't achievable. If it's a short-term plan to accomplish something in 2015 or plans to start something that can be really long-term, we don't get where we want to be when we haven't been there before, without a road map. You know that my message is about planning. I like to have conversations and know what we plan to do when we get to the crossroads. Without a plan, it's easy to make decisions based on what's right in front of us without considering all of the consequences. Thinking about what we will do when we reach those crossroads also helps to reduce the stress we may feel when changes are imminent. I'm here to help with your financial plans. I'm here to help you clarify what it is you really want. I'm here to help you determine the rewards and the dangers that lie down a certain path. We want to make sure we take advantage of all the rewards and mitigate the dangers. I can help you clarify your goals and create the plan to achieve them. Please feel welcome to send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca and we'll set up a time to chat. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Part of your plan may be to reduce debt or pay off credit cards. Canadians are carrying a lot of debt, record-breaking amounts. In December 2014, Credit Bureau Equifax reported that we owe a combined $1.5 trillion in debt. Without counting mortgages, the average Canadian still owes nearly $21,000. Auto loans and installment loans are driving factors for those numbers. With those statistics, it's easy to see why many Canadians may have used credit cards this past holiday season. Jeff Swartz from Consolidated Credit is here to provide some strategies to help us make a plan to tackle those credit cards, and the new year is a great time to take a look at this. Jeff is responsible for all activities related to the operation of Consolidated Credit and manages all credit counseling, credit relations, and personal finance education endeavors. Jeff has years of experience in business, and he's a great contributor to his community. I'm sure that we will all learn something from Jeff today, as we always do when he joins us. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. How are you feeling about 2015? Well, I'm I'm feeling positive. I think the news is going to show some interesting things that will affect Canadians, one of those being how uh, the government's going to deal with interest rates. Uh, but having said that, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, we're in a real positive place. That's great. So we're here today to talk about um, credit cards and give some advice to people that, that may have, um, you know, put some... Uh, charges on those credit cards over the over the holidays. How many Canadians would expect to find themselves in debt this season? Well, if we look at last year as a guide, 
because uh, I don't believe the numbers are out so far. But if we look at last year as a guide, about 11% of people expected to go into debt. But the reality is uh, actually 28%. They took on an average of about $963 in debt. And then you add that to the already sky-high consumer debt in Canada, which what you, you talked about already at almost $21,000 a person, according to Equifax, that spells trouble for many people. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it's it's one thing for the people that expected to go into debt, and then um, you know at, at least at least they knew they were going to use it, and and then there's there was some spending that that happened that people didn't really expect to. Um, that people didn't really expect to to make. And that and that's typical. Um, that's typical when people get into the shopping season, they get into the holiday season. Uh, they get wound up when they're at a store or a mall or even online, and the impulse shopping kind of takes control. And as a result, what ends up happening is we end up spending or buying more than we originally anticipated, and that throws us further into debt. Yes, and I, and I think that they, I think the. Um I think the uh, the marketers are, are doing such a good job. My grandson said something to me that was interesting last night. He's been buying a few things online, and um, and he uh, and he said to me uh, last night, I think there's a couple of apps that I should turn off on my phone because they're always offering to to sell me things. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I don't disagree. The, the marketers, with the technology that they have available available now, it, it's absolutely amazing. I know there's some geo geo targeting uh, software that when you walk by a store, if you signed up for something, your your phone can actually text you that there's a deal at that store if it's of interest to you as you walk by it. Uh, when you go on to sites like Amazon or even some of the electronic store sites. They, you look at a particular item, and then at the bottom, there's four or five different uh, products. That, and at the top of it, it says, people who have looked at the product you're looking at have also bought these products. Are you interested? That sort of thing. So they're really all over marketing their products to try and get as much of your wallet as they possibly can. It makes yeah, it a I've challenge. Been, yeah, I've been um, researching... Um, to make a purchase for a new car, and so I've been doing some research online, and now every time I go online, um, this particular model that I've been looking at um, comes up in the bottom corner of the screen, and they're even local. You know, they're they're even um, you know they're even within an hour of me. All these um, offers that are coming up, so it is it's very they are very efficient. Um, yeah, so. What's the first thing that we should do um, to get control of our holiday debt, Jeff? Well, well, well. First, I'd like to say the good part about this, the good news in all of this, and this is this came out in a report from CIBC, is that Canadians do want to pay down their debt. So that's a fantastic step, and and that means to me those sky high debt to income ratios of 160 percent plus. I mean, it's a good thing that Canadians are realizing, well, maybe there's an opportunity now to pay down some of that debt. And so let, let's apply that concept to them wanting to pay down their debt from the holidays. 
So one of the first tips we talk about is really stop spending and put the plastic away. It's time to kind of stick that smoking gun back in its holster. <laughs> now, you, your credit card probably saw a ton of action over the last few months, and it, it's not just in December. It goes back, to, in some cases, to October. And, and now, it, now it's time to give that credit card a rest and avoid large purchases and perhaps use only cash or your debit card. Now, freezing your balance will give you a much better chance to slay that that debt that you, you've accumulated. And mm. by putting the plastic away, be sticking it in a cup of water in the freezer, whatever it takes, remove that temptation from your wallet and maybe even hibernate. Uh, you've spent a lot of time over the last uh, few months enjoying parties and socializing and, and shopping and all that sort of thing. Well, it's time to even give yourself a rest. So the first thing is, Try not to spend. Try and keep everything under control so that you're not adding to the debt. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it, it becomes a moving target um, otherwise, doesn't it? You, That's absolutely you, the case. Yeah, if you apply something, but if you've already spent that in that given month, um, it is pretty hard to get uh, get control. So how important is it to, to set a goal um, in this process? Well, I, now, you opened up the line. I'm going to get you to repeat it, but I thought you said a goal without a plan is not a goal. Is that something similar to what you said at the opening of the show? It is, yeah, yeah. And I'm a strong believer of that. I, goals are extremely important. We, I have a conversation with a few people in our office about goals versus resolutions, and I'm not a big fan of resolutions. I think resolutions are almost a, a, a recipe for failure. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think there was some sort of study that, and I saw this on TV the other day, that 80% of goals are, are done before the end of January, or resolutions are done before the uh, end of January. I said, well, that doesn't right. sound like a pretty high performance level. Um, right. So we say set goals. Don't set resolutions, set goals. And, and what that means is assess the damage that you've, you've created, assess the amount of debt that you've accumulated over the holiday season, and then set a goal. Real dollars, real date. And what I mean by that is put out how much you want to pay off and by when, because you're going to have some measuring, block, measuring uh, points along the way. It's a real hard goal as to how much you want to pay off. So you can see that, you know, I, I, how, where I'm at throughout the process, if, if I'm halfway through, have I paid off half of my debt or uh, I've reached half my goal? And, you know, at the end of the day, if you get 90% of your goal, well, you've still probably done a great job, and it's just a 10% more that you've got to extend, and that's not so bad either. But if you get 0% of your goal, that's not so good. So, again, lay out your bills on your coffee table, understand what you've accumulated, and then set a realistic goal as to how much you can pay off in what amount of time. We suggest set a goal out there of 60 to 90 days to try and pay off your holiday debt, that debt that you've accumulated just for your holiday shopping. And, and that's usually a reasonable amount. Now, a reasonable amount of time and, depending on how much you spent, a reasonable amount of debt. Now, if, that's, if that seems too daunting, then kind of cut down on the goal. Maybe you want to pay off half of the debt by that time. But the point here is set something with a real date and a real amount, and hopefully you'll be able to achieve that much better than you would have a resolution to pay down debt. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do people really know uh, if what they're, you know, if what they're trying to do is achievable? How do they how do they get a sense of, um, you know, I, I would feel some people don't have a sense of where to start or how much they can um, allocate towards that debt. Um, you know, how do how do they really get a sense for what is achievable? Well, and that's a great question. I have to go back to your quote at the beginning. A goal without a plan is not a goal. So this is where the planning part comes in. And you really want to spend some time setting up a budget. or And a budget is nothing more than a snapshot of what you've got coming in today and what you've got going out. So look at your income, look at your bonuses, look at your gifts, that sort of thing, and then compare it to how much you have going out. And include your rent, include your auto payment, include your groceries, include your utilities, all that sort of thing. And just use that as a snapshot. It's not right, it's not wrong, it's just a snapshot of where you are financially today. From that perspective, then we can look at opportunities, and there's some real strategies around that, some opportunities where you can free up some cash so that you can pay down that debt. And and I'll, I'll get into some more details of where you might be able to find some easy wins in terms of easy things where you can cut back on, even for a short period of time, so you can free up some cash to, pu- to apply towards paying down debt and achieving that goal of paying down by a certain amount of time. Okay. Well, I definitely want to ask you some more questions about um, about that budgeting and finding that money. Um, I think we'll take this opportunity to, to go to a break, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll discuss that budget a bit further. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks, Lynn. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, the topic of the show today is how to tackle those holiday credit cards. My guest is Jeff Swartz uh, from Consolidated Credit. Jeff, you started to talk about budgeting. Um, I find that people find that uh, a bad word, a scary word. Um, a lot of times people don't want to do it or they don't know where to start, um, but sometimes it's difficult to get people to think about this idea of a budget. How do we get people to think more positively 
um, about about the word budget. Um, sometimes we call it a cash flow system or something else, but really when it comes down to it, it is a budget. But um, I, I just find it's it's something people don't like to do. No question. Uh, people don't. There's a bunch of things people don't like to do that are good for them. I mean, <laughs> we, we could even talk about. We could even talk about a food diet. It's a budget is nothing more True. than a food diet except for your finances. So there's there's lots of analogies we can uh, we can put to this. But having said that, I think there is a real importance to budgeting. And as much time as we spend on working out and keeping in shape and eating right and things like that, we've got to apply the same sort of vigilance to how we treat our finances. And I, I, I keep going back to the, the quote that you said at the beginning of the program, a goal without a plan is not a, is not a goal. We have a, a similar type of uh, phrase that we use, and, and a lot of people use this phrase, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So it, it's all really about planning. And I, just one more analogy, if you're going on a road trip and you have a destination in mind, but you don't put a road map in front of you or you don't set, set uh, the details of how you're going to get there, it's going to be awfully challenging to find your way there. So it's the same thing here. We want to put a plan in place that makes sense. And, and the, the initial steps on how we do that is to track your spending. And some people don't like to track their spending because they're afraid of what the reality might show. But I if you get so. into the habit of it, yeah, if you get into the habit of it, it's really not so bad. It's just another thing. And there are very simple ways to do it. One, the simplest way is to go to your local dollar store, and I'm sure these are cents, so you might have to buy a, a package of 10, but these little notebooks that have lines in them that are nothing more than maybe two inches wide or three and by three inches long, and you throw them in your back pocket or you can put them in your purse and just get in the habit of tracking where you're spending your money. At Consolidated Credit, we've also got a couple of tools. We have our money managers that people can get from us. We'll mail those out. But there's also, if you, if you're, if you can get onto the Apple App Store, uh, we also have a free app called Budget Tool. And that, that you can use from your smartphone and you just input expenses along the way. It's downloadable so that you can track your spending and you can see where you're at. It even puts up warnings when you're spending too much in a certain area. So these are simple ways, and it's not just our apps, there's apps out there too that you can use, uh, that will help you track your spending. And the idea here is to see where you're spending your money so that you can identify opportunities to get the same products or services for less money or even have the opportunity to reduce those products and services if you're really just being frivolous about it and you're not being frugal about it. Um, right. So there's a bunch of ideas, but when, we, when you start tracking your spending, we want you to start thinking about things about how you're spending and group them into a, a few categories. And the categories that we talk about are fixed, flexible, and discretionary. The fixed ones are things like your mortgage, your car payment, those sort of things that are a fixed amount each and every month, and they, in many cases they're actually automatically deducted. The flexible expenses are still those mandatory expenses you might have, but you can have an impact on how much you spend. So uh, a more difficult example might be 
your heating or air conditioning costs, so your your hydro or your natural gas costs. So if you turn down the temperature a little at night when you're sleeping and put an extra blanket on, even though it's mandatory that you have heat, especially now, uh, you might be able to cut back on those costs. Now, okay. Same thing with groceries. Right. Now, groceries are another example, I mean, especially when it comes to the non-perishable items. There's always sales, whether it's at a drugstore, we get these flyers, or whether it's at a grocery store, or whether it's at a different grocery store that may not be the high-end grocery store. You can get these non-perishables on sale and load up on them, and you can save a ton of money that way. So again, mm-hmm. these are flexible expenses where you do have an impact on how much you spend, but they're still mandatory. Now, the last category would be the discretionary expenses. And some of the things that would fall into that, and I think these are the easy wins, are going out to dinner, going out for coffee. And here's some, here's some that some people don't think about. It's your cable bill. It's your cell phone bill. It's your data bill. I mean, all those things are really, are they absolutely necessary for us? And can we cut them out even for a short period if we so choose or even reduce the plans? So in terms of cable or, or your phone plans, is there a way we can cut back on the plan that we have, perhaps to save $50, $100 a month? We often see people that come to us for help, and we're looking at their, their telecommunications plan between their home phone and their cable and their cell phone, and they're spending $200 plus a month. And we're saying, okay, if, if you're in a cutback kind of scenario, you may not want to be spending that much money on your, your bills. Let's see if you can bring that down to, say, 75 or $100 a month. And all of a sudden, you've just freed up $100 plus a month that you can apply towards your debt. Uh, the, the other things are going out for coffee, going out for dinner. I mean, some people are doing that because they love to do it. They don't want to take the time to, uh, to cook at home. I mean, now's the time, let's go back into our hibernation mode and say, listen, maybe we don't want to do that for the next two or three months so that we can pay off our debt. So maybe we want to cut back, maybe brown bag it to work uh, and bring our lunch with us. Maybe we want to drink the coffee at work, that sort of thing, as opposed to going out for the expensive lattes each and every day. And if we can free up a few hundred dollars each and every month, that's going to really help us to try and achieve our goals around paying down debt. So budgeting... While it's a snapshot, it's also a lifestyle. It, some people say it's restrictive, it's constraining. I look at it the opposite. I mean, I'm looking at it and saying it's liberating for you to be able to make those choices knowing what you know. So if you have all the data in front of you and saying, listen, I'm spending this much going out every, uh, every month uh, to restaurants, you know, I can now make the choice if I want to achieve my goal of paying down debt that I don't have to go to those restaurants and I can find another way to save. Mm-hmm. So I hope that makes it a little easier. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I really I really like that concept that, um, you know, that really knowing what those numbers are um, can be liberating because you can, you can maybe see the, the potential, right? If you, if you, if you get control of those numbers, you can see the potential and, you know, I I think that people do have a fear of really taking a look at those things because cause they think that you know there's going to be something they are going to have to do without or or that there isn't an answer. You know, yeah. I think I think sometimes people get to the point where where they they just you know they think there's no answer to the to the challenges that they're having. 
Now, one of the things that we see, especially around budgeting, is, and you and I are talking in this way, is that we put a monthly cost on it. So all expenses don't necessarily come at the end of the month. They come throughout the month. So maybe you've got your car payment on the 5th and you you, you don't get paid until the 15th. And and you've got to kind of manage your cash flow. And I think early on you use the word cash flow plan. And that becomes critically important for success because when those people are looking at budgeting and we typically set it up in terms of a month, we often don't take into account when our income comes in versus when our payments need to go out, especially on the fixed side. And and there's all sorts of tools and strategies that you can use so that you plan around your cash flow. So really it's all about rationalizing when the money comes in versus when it needs to go out. So if I get one paycheck, to make it easy, if I get a paycheck on the 15th and the 30th, and I know my car payment needs to come out in and around the 7th, then that makes I've got to make sure that I've got enough money from my paycheck on the 30th to be able to cover that car payment when it when it's due. And often my rent comes out on the 1st, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? Because I've got all these payments associated with that one paycheck, and that paycheck isn't enough. Well, that just means that you've got to look at the paycheck on the 15th, and how do I put away some of that paycheck on the 15th so that I have enough money to cover my expenses when I include the uh, the paycheck on the 30th. So it's really sometimes it's it's looking at the timing as well, not just the amounts, but timing of when that money's coming in and allocate certain expenses to each paycheck and then put aside a certain amount knowing that you can fulfill those bills when they come due. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do a budget and actually know what your expenses for the month are, there really is no other way to take control of that, is there? There isn't, and and otherwise, I mean, well, I, you know, I wouldn't say that. Let, 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 there there is a way, but truthfully, it's it's quite wasteful. And and if you're if you're in a position where you're making so much money and you're not spending it all, and then and then you constantly have a buffer there, then that's one way to do it. But truthfully, I don't know too many people in that in that shape. So most people, and a lot of the people that we see at Consolidated Credit, they're making X amount of dollars, but they're spending like it's 2X. So they're spending right. two times what they're actually making. And for the last, say, 15 or 20 years, many Canadians have been using their houses as cash registers. So they're not living within their means. They're going further into debt and taking out the equity from their homes to uh, to service their lifestyle, to service their spending mm-hmm. behaviors. So that's another concern, and that's one of the reasons why we are carrying so much debt right now is, is, is because we've had that ability to dip into other resources and go further into debt. Right, right. Um, so... When we when we get our bill, there's a minimum payment that the that the lender's asking us for, um, and you know some some people will um, you know just pay that minimum amount, and sometimes maybe even struggle to to pay that minimum amount. So, you know, how does that work for people if if they're just you know covering the the minimum payment on those cards? That's a that's a real tough strategy, and it's not one that I would recommend for anybody. 
there's a number of reasons behind that. But one of the main reasons is, you know, we, we talked about this, I, I believe, before the holidays, and it's, it's worth mentioning at various times throughout the year. We struggle so hard, to, and you even talked about it regarding a car, is you want to negotiate the best possible deal on the purchase that you're about to make. And, th- and that's critical. Uh, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel that you've accomplished something. You needed that product, and you've got you, you've paid the least amount for that product. And those are all good things. And then all of a sudden, we put it on a credit card, and then we we only make the minimum payments. And depending on how much that is, we see people that come into us, and on the bottom of their statements, we ask them to read to us what it says at the bottom of their statements. If I only make the minimum payment, it's going to take me 15 or 20 years to pay off this amount of debt. And I look at that and I say, oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. And what's even worse is it also says how much you would have paid in total as a result of only paying the minimum payment. Because realistically, when you're only paying the minimum, the majority and a lar- even well above the majority is going to servicing the interest on your credit cards. And that's where the money starts to add up. That's where where you bought the fridge and you paid $1,000 for it and it was on sale and you got 60% off and you felt like you've got it done a great deal and then you only pay the minimum, you could end up paying two to three times the amount of what you originally thought you were paying and that's just an interest if you're only paying the minimum. And if it's going to take decades, a lot of the value that that you made on that purchase is already gone in the product. That fridge may be long gone if you're still only paying the minimum by the time that you finished paying it off. And that's not necessarily the way you want to go. So I, I think there's some strategies around that, and we should probably talk a little bit more about how to get rid of that debt so you don't end up paying two to three times the amount on okay. something that you purchased at a great deal. All right. Let's 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 look further at those strategies after this break, Jeff. Okay. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Today I'm chatting with Jeff Swartz from Consolidated Credit about how to more effectively uh, pay off our our credit card debt. Um, so, what are the strategies to really get into paying off the the principal here? Um, we've already established that um, paying that minimum 
payment only, though it may be it may seem easy at the time, um, is really not effective. So what can so, we do? Well, uh, we love to use analogies when it comes to finances, I guess, because people don't have to talk about their their personal finances, and we bring it back to other real life strategies. And to reiterate on on what it means to be paying only the minimum, um, we, here's an analogy. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a fan of pushing rocks uphill and make only <laughs> payments on your credit card, that's not a great strategy. If you prefer to let rocks roll downhill, then pay as much on your credit card as possible. So that's just right. another analogy that that we we, we like to use. Um, so, so one of the things I want I want to take a step back, and we talked a little bit about this before the break. But uh, a couple of years ago, there was legislation that required the the credit card companies to put these statements at the bottom of your uh, credit card statements. Uh, the and and this information is really important, and we applauded that move because it, it got to show consumers what it meant that by paying only the minimum, you could pay two to three times what the amount you actually spent. And, that, and, and that's all going towards interest. And we have people call us in their 50s and 60s looking for help, and sometimes it'll say 30-plus years at the bottom of their statements. And we look at that, and, and they say it before we do. It says, listen, I'm never going to pay off this debt before I die. And, and like I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's, that's a horrible way to live knowing that you've got that hanging over your head. So there are some strategies, and we want to make sure that people are utilizing some of these strategies so they can get rid of their debt because they do want to pay back their debt. It's not like they're trying to avoid it. It just becomes daunting or too overwhelming for them to do it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we say, and, and really this could save you thousands of dollars over the long run, is you want to try and accelerate your repayment of that debt. And how do you do that? Well, first off, there's a couple of schools of thought, and and, and it's all aimed at how do we pay off our debt quicker so that we can save money and interest. And mm-hmm. the first school of thought is probably the more technically correct one, and, and I'm all about using your money efficiently wherever possible, and that is – Line up all your debts and look at them and and try and understand the interest rate on each specific debt. And look for the credit card or the the debt that you have that has the highest interest rate because that's where you're spending the most amount of time paying off the interest. And if you isolate that one and as part of your goal, say, listen, I'm going to pay down pay down that particular debt because once I pay off that debt, then I've got more money to pay to the next highest interest rate one, and it's going to make my money work more efficiently each and every time I do that. And the mm-hmm. idea behind that is you want to get to the point where you're debt-free, but each step along the way, you've got more money to apply to a lower interest rate debt, and that's going to allow you to pay it off even quicker. Okay, mm-hmm. but here's where that falls apart, which leads into the second strategy. And you know what? We all like positive reinforcement. If someone says, "You know what? You look great today," that makes us feel good. Or you've done a good job at whatever that is. That makes us feel good. But if you've got if your highest interest rate debt just happens to be your biggest debt, you might not make, feel like you're making any headway into that. Each month you're, you're applying more and more towards that debt, but because the interest rate's so high and because the debt is so high, it becomes a challenge for you to feel good about you even making a dent in that debt. 
So we are cre- creatures of beha- behavior and, and or, or habit, and we also like the positive reinforcement side. So there's another school of thought, and that is, you know what? Let's get in the habit of repaying debt. Let's get in the habit of paying debt off. Let's get in the habit of looking at our budget and finding ways where we can save money and then take that money and apply it towards paying off our debt. We get so good at it that it becomes a habit in and of itself, and we get so much positive reinforcement from it, we want to do more and more of it. So it's almost mm-hmm. like a practice skill. Right. So, so in that case, we look at our debt and say, okay, well, what's our smallest debt? And that may or may not be the high interest rate debt, but what's our smallest debt? Well, maybe we have a, a debt to a department store that's about $200. Well, wow, I, I can probably knock that off in three weeks. So I save enough money and I pay off that debt and I get to tick that off on my checklist of debt to be paid off. And you know what? I feel good about it. And you know what? I learned some new tricks along the way that maybe I don't need to go to out to dinner for to a restaurant once a week. Maybe if I, I cut it back, and I did, and I cut it back to maybe once a month, I took that money that I would have spent at the restaurant and I applied it towards the debt. That was a great behavior. I'm going to try that next month. But you know what? I'm also going to add the behavior of instead of going out for lunch every day, I'm going to go out for lunch only maybe twice a week. And I'm going to apply whatever I save towards that next debt. So you slowly knock off and you pick the next largest debt and you say, okay, maybe that's a $1,000 debt. Well, I can probably knock that off with my planning in, say, a month and a half. And lo and behold, you start to get into the habit, you start to get into the behaviors of creating more money in your budget that you can apply towards the debt. So you're taking the interest rate out of it and you're saying, what do I need to do to change my behaviors so that I can do more and more? And we're not going to do this overnight. You could even, here's another analogy, we could look at it as if it's a marathon. Okay, And if we look at it as a marathon, we're not going to go out and run 42 kilometers in one day after never having run. It's just not right. going to happen. But if we slowly train and we slowly build up, so the first week we're going to walk run for for a half an hour and then the net, and then and we'll do that for 3 days. And then we slowly move on and we slowly increase our endurance and potentially even increase the speed with which we do it. Probably at the end of a couple of months, maybe 2 or 3 months, we could probably run a marathon if we're diligent about the behaviors that we've taken on. It's the same thing with paying down debt. If we slowly ease into the concept of paying down debt on a regular basis, then when we have the really big things in front of us, then chances are it's not going to seem so bad because we're going to tackle it bit by bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, Go ahead. I, I certainly like that idea of making it uh, a habit. That's um, that's a very strong point there, I think. The other thing, I think, if you get rid of a couple of smaller ones, you've also simplified your life a bit. When you sit down to pay bills, you don't have those to worry about the same. So I think there's an advantage there in in just you know simplifying things as well um, by paying off those uh, those first ones quickly. So, so what now, else can we can we do? Jeff? Well, Lynn, we have, I, I, there's another illustration there, and, and and on our website at consolidatedcredit.ca, we have a debt calculator, and it can show you the effects of what we're talking about. 
So if you go on and you plug in a certain amount of debt at a certain interest rate, you can see what kind of impact it's going to have. And by taking that off each time, there's different opportunities for you to actually see and understand what different behaviors are doing. So from that perspective, it could show you that it's going to take you this long, but if you change behavior, it would only take you this long. And as part of that debt calculator, it's also going to show you how much interest you've saved. So these are little tools and tricks out there that you can look at to get a better grasp of that behavior. Or to motivate as well. I I would think showing the interest that you've saved could be a motivating factor as well. No question about it. And and from that perspective, you want to look at different factors that are going to help you through this process. Because who knows, if if you're used to getting that large double-double each and every day and, and someone's saying to you, no, You've got to, you can't have that large double-double every day. You've got to pay down debt instead. Uh, it's not a very sexy transition. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not something that people will grasp onto. So we have to try and find different ways to motivate us. And sometimes it's, it's the negative aspect of it. So a lot of the people that we talk to at Consolidated are getting collection calls. And you know what? Mm-hmm. They don't want to open their mail anymore. They don't want to answer their phone. They're... They're feeling ashamed even within their own home. So sometimes if we can motivate them to get rid of those behaviors, it's enough to transition them over from one behavior to another. But they've got to be really motivating factors in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes there's debt that's manageable, and, and sometimes there's debt that's not manageable. How do people know when they're at the point where their debt is just not manageable and and they need to to seek some help where where these suggestions that you know that you're making here for you know for people to look at and do things themselves how do they know when they're beyond that that place of of managing it and and they need to to look for some help well, I, I think it gets to the point, and, and don't get me wrong, I, say, I said a, a, a lot of people don't have a budget, but then there are those mm-hmm. people that do, or though there are those people that are at a fixed income, and they're looking at that income and saying, look, no matter how many ways I slice it and dice it, no matter how many meals I skip, I'm not going to be able to cover that debt. I'm not going to be able to mm-hmm. cover that payment. I'm, I'm in trouble. And I mean... Truthfully, if, if, if you're looking at, at managing your lifestyle according to each and every paycheck that comes in, and many Canadians are, just to service that debt, then you're probably living in a fairly stressful situation. And it's not only impacting you at home, but it's probably impacting you at work as well and in everything you do. So it's at that time that says, Okay, I, I, I've squeezed enough. I, I, I squeezed as much as I can out of this dollar. I need some help because it's not just me. And a lot of the things that we talk about, boy, they really sound simple. Jeff, okay, Jeff said, okay, well, look at the flyers. Try and find laundry detergent at a lesser expense. Okay, I'm not going out and having coffee. I'm making it at home or I'm having it at the office where it's a much lower cost. All these things sound very simple, but goodness, they're not that easy. 
And, and it's not that easy. And we, we talked about the motivating factors. It's not that easy to change behaviors. If you're living a lifestyle in a certain way for so long that you'd almost want to call it a habit, it's not easy to convert habits because you're so used to going down that path, whether it's good for you or not. So this is when you reach out for help. And uh, this is the time where you want to find a, a professional. You want to find someone that you trust. You want to find someone that you connect with that has your best interests at heart to say, okay, is there another way? Are there more tools and resources that I can utilize so that I can get this stress off of my plate? Find a way because I want to pay back my debt. I bought this sofa. I'm sitting on all three cushions on this sofa. I want to pay for the whole thing. I don't want to just pay for a third of it. I bought it. I committed to it. I want to pay back this debt. How do I do that? So reach out for help, and we can talk about what can happen during that help time and who you might contact and see how they might help you out going forward. Okay, and that's where we'll start after this break, Jeff. Okay. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Len every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Jeff, what if people are at that point where they just feel helpless and they've just taken on more than they can handle? And that's a and that's a tough situation for anybody to be in. We talked about how much stress it can put on somebody's life and it can affect their personal relationships and, and their relationships at work and their productivity at work. So it is a really tough position to be in, and and the people that we talk to at Consolidated Credit are often in that situation. Um, I participated in an article in one of the newspapers several years ago, and it, it was it was interesting uh, some of the findings in this, and I, and I'm going to come back to that in a second because really this is about doing two things. One is trying to make your money work as efficiently as possible for you. And two is to get you the tools and resources to be able to manage it on your own. So not only to get out of debt, but actually to look forward, to look to the future, to say, listen, I don't want to get into this situation again. So now I go back to that article, and it was interesting to say to see that Canada was one of the nations across around the world where people who were in trouble did not go to friends and family when they needed money to get them out of trouble uh, in comparison to other countries around the world. 
And it was a very interesting article from the standpoint that said, you know, Canadians have a really strong opinion around money and the fact that it really contributes to their identity. And that's not necessarily a good thing. So how this pans out is we'll see a lot of people going for high interest loan, high interest rate loans or even payday loans, payday style loans where they're oh. paying exorbitant amounts of interest rather than telling their family or friends that they're struggling with money and they can't put groceries on the table uh Before because they they're ashamed. There was a problem. Wow. Right. So so that's a real interesting uh, fact around Canadians and, and the way they handle their money. Not necessarily mm-hmm. a good thing. And it no. has an impact on how efficiently we're utilizing the money that we have. And and that's one of the biggest concerns that I have, because once you enter, enter into these high, high, high interest rate loans, they're tough to get out of, and you're really spending most of your money servicing the loan as, as opposed to paying down the debt. So that's a concern mm-hmm. for me. There are other options, too, that, that we talk to people about. And one of them, and, and there's a good and bad with, with each of them, really. But we talk about consolidation loans. So if you're in a position where you have a good job, but you've just accumulated a lot of debt, and unfortunately a lot of it's on higher interest rate loans and or credit cards that, have, that are carrying higher interest why not take out a consolidation loan at a much lower interest rate? It's one payment a month, pay off the credit cards, and then you're making your money work more efficiently for you. That's one option, and it's available. And typically mm-hmm. in today's interest rate climate, it's not a bad route to take. There's a, ca- there's a couple of caveats here. One is you have to be in good enough shape to be able to afford a loan or to qualify for a loan with a low enough interest rate for it to make sense. Right. That's number one. Number two, and probably the more concerning one, is that if you do get that loan and it's at a low interest rate and you've done a great job in setting it up, and let's say you got it for 6% and your credit cards were at 19%, you've done a great job there. Good for you. But the problem is once you pay off the credit cards, we want to make sure that you don't start using those credit cards again because Mm -hmm. you could end up in double the debt. And if that consolidation loan was secured against your house, you've now exchanged unsecured debt for secured debt. So that's not necessarily a good thing either unless you can manage your finances. But it's another option out there for people who do have the ability to turn off the credit cards, potentially change their behaviors, and make their money work more efficiently for them. Now, when people come to us, they're, they're, they're typically looking for information on how to better manage their finance, and especially around debt. So our counselors are very good at assessing where they're at and what got them into debt in the first place. And they're looking for options, the best possible option for that consumer to pay back their debt in a time-efficient manner and one that fits within their lifestyle, to give them a realistic plan. And one of, I mean, typically there's kind of three areas that we'll look at with somebody. One is self-help. Is there a way that we can educate this person and give them the tools and resources so that they can pay back the debt on their own? So we have uh, approximately, I think, 30 different booklets based on life events on our website at consolidatedcredit.ca that people can take, they can read them in 15 to 20 minutes and get a whole host of different resources and tricks and tools that they can manage this on their own. So 
whether you're just starting out and you're just going to university and you want to learn how to manage your finances while you're at university, or if you're at the other end of the spectrum and you are planning for your retirement. So these booklets give you ideas and tips and tricks and worksheets and things like that so that you can learn very rapidly on how to manage your own finances. And that's the self-help. And that's Truthfully, that's, that's the route that we want most people to take because if they can teach themselves and they can turn them into habits, then, then you know and I know that they're going to last a lot longer and they're going to be able to manage their finances on their own for the long term. Sure. So it's not just about what's happening today. It's preventing any further uh, going into debt into the future and being able to manage it if they do. So that's one of the that's one of the uh, that that's probably the best solution we can offer to somebody. The next solutions are more around interventions. So one of the things that we do at Consolidated, if someone's working and if someone has built up a bunch of debt and they're having trouble and they're feeling overwhelmed, we'll look at doing some sort of debt repayment program with them or a debt management plan where we'll intervene with their creditors on their behalf to try and get them a lower interest rate so that more of what they pay goes to more of what they owe rather than servicing the high interest. Right. And this often offers offers people the, an opportunity to pay it back based on 100 cents on the dollar, so they're paying back their debts in full. And instead of it taking decades to pay it back and thousands and thousands of dollars in interest, we can often get the payment reduced to anywhere from 30 to 60% of what they're paying now. And then all of that payment, or most of it for sure, is going towards paying back that debt so that we can get them out of debt anywhere between three and a half and five years. Yeah, and that often works great. well for people. They're paying their back, mm-hmm. their debt back. And during that three-and-a-half to five-year period, we're holding their hand all the way through. So to your point of it being overwhelming for many people, this mm-hmm. is an opportunity where you've got a coach working with you every step of the way and say, listen, I'm having some trouble this month. What do I need to do? How do I, how do I work it so that I can still stay on the program and, and manage to pay the debt? So our, our, our team will work with you to try and find a reasonable solution so that you can keep on that program and pay down your debt as quickly right. as possible. And then the well, last we're, we're, one is – go ahead. Ed, we've got like 30 seconds left, Jeff. So. <laughs> well, and, and the last one really is to talk to a trustee around bankruptcy, and, and that's often the best solution. So you're not alone. There are yeah. solutions out there when you get into yeah. debt. And I, and I find people don't know what the, when they're at that point. So I think that your counselors are a really good idea. Uh, just give us that website one more time, Jeff. That's consolidatedcredit.ca. That's wonderful. Um, thanks so much, Jeff. Um, a very worthwhile show. Very good. Um, very good advice you've given us today. You're welcome. So, this is Lynn Weta. Show step right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and the community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on A to Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. 